Hello, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us once again for During Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kitts. Well, let's get into it with a prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us this guidance and the ability and the platform to be able to talk to people and to share your word with them. And maybe it will bless somebody today. If it does, Lord, bless them hearty. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. Give us this word. Give us the Holy Spirit to help us, guide us, and to teach us, and to help us get this message out to the ones that need it. In your blessed holy name we beg. Amen. Through the years of our studies, we've heard and listened and even seen biblical accounts of Jesus' birth. Jesus' birth took place when Herod was king of Judea. The Jews who descended from Jacob never accepted as their king Herod, who descended from Jacob's rival brother Esau. Herod knew this and was paranoid about being dethroned and surrounded himself with 2,000 bodyguards. Herod killed hundreds of innocent people, including everyone he considered a threat to his throne, including three of his own sons, two of his brother-in-laws, and one of his mother-in-law, and Marmore, who was said to be his favorite wife, out of all ten of them. On his deathbed, Herod realized that the Jews would celebrate and not mourn his death. To ensure that the Jews mourned when he died, Herod commanded the Jewish nobles to come from all across Israel to come to him to Jericho. When they arrived, he put them in Jericho's hippodrome and ordered all of them to be killed as soon as he dies. Herod's sister, Salome, prevented this massacre from happening. It was this narcissist, paranoid murderer who heard that the king of the Jews had been born to challenge his throne and away from those murderous plots the wise men were divinely warned and then redirected. Think of all this that teaches the law where scribes or chief priests knew about the coming Messiah. He would be born of the seed of woman from Genesis 3.15. He would be a descendant of Shem, Genesis 9.26. He would be the seed of Abraham, Genesis 12. He would be a descendant of Isaac, Genesis 22. He would be the descendant of Jacob, Genesis 28. He would be of the tribe of Judah, Genesis 49. He would be a son of David, 2 Samuel 7. He would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7. He would be born in Bethlehem, that's Micah 5. We can summarize the five simple statements that the Jewish scholars knew about Jesus. One, he would be a Jew. Two, he would come from the tribe of Judah. Three, he would be a descendant of David. Four, he would be born in Bethlehem. Five, he would be born of a virgin. When King Herod asked where the Christ would be born, immediately the religious leaders knew the answer. In Bethlehem of Judea, because that's what the prophet Micah had foretold 700 years earlier. They knew it by heart. They didn't even have to look it up. That's what we call educated idiots. We all know someone that is really book smart but can't even tie their own shoes. At the time, the wise men or magi from the far east saw a great star. The fact that they were overwhelmed with joy to see the star again after they came out of Herod's castle makes it more likely that they hadn't seen the star for a long time, possibly since they first saw it in the east two years prior. They followed it knowing the star signified the birth of the king of the Jews. If we are the light of the world, then we will point the way to Jesus. And there's a misconception about if there were just three wise men. We don't know for sure, and it never really states how many they were. The Bible does not say three, so the number of wise men could be greater than more than one. Most of these places use three because it represents the Godhead. 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The wise men came to the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and asked where the Christ was born. The rulers explained in Judea and Bethlehem. Herod secretly met with the Magi and asked them to report back to him after they found the child. The enemy's always sneaky like that. Herod told the Magi that he wanted to worship the babe, but secretly Herod wanted to plot to kill the child. The wise men continued to follow the star and found the newborn king. The Magi bowed down and worshipped him and offered treasures of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Gold is a precious metal, but what are frankincense and myrrh? Frankincense is a dried sap of the Boswano tree that's grown in the region of Gulf of Aden, which is a body of water between the Horn of Africa and the Middle East. Frankincense was a lemon-like scent that could be used as perfume or burnt as incense. Myrrh is a sap of the Kamafoera tree that is also native of the region of the Gulf of Aden. Myrrh could be used as perfume, turned into oil, or used as medicine. Frankincense presented to Jesus would have been the incense, and the myrrh would have been in the form of oil. When they departed, they did not return to Herod, but they were warned in a dream of the plot to kill the child. Why did they bring frankincense and myrrh and gold to Jesus? Well, there's at least three reasons. First, gold, frankincense, and myrrh were the standard gifts back then to honor a king of whom they've come to worship. Second, the most probably unknown to the wise men, the gold symbolizes Jesus being the king of the Jews. Frankincense symbolized his divinity and myrrh symbolized the anointing of his body that would receive after he had sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins. Third, gold, frankincense, and myrrh were costly items that would finance Mary, Joseph, and Jesus escaped to Egypt. What should the wise men have realized? As soon as they realized that the one who has been born king of the Jews, whom they had come to worship, was not the newborn son of the current king reigning over the Jews, they would realize that the news of the birth would not be a welcome thing to that king. When the reigning king questioned them about what time the star appeared, they would have realized that he was trying to gain intelligence on his new target. Remember that the king had talked to them privately. Most royal births were celebrated and had many parties. So why a magi called wise men? Well, there were actually astrologers or seers or sorcerers. These were not men with godly wisdom. It could be even argued that they could be used by Satan who was trying to kill Jesus up before the appointed time. No matter what their intentions were, we do not know that no matter what their intentions were, we do know that after the encounter with Jesus, their lives changed. Matthew 2 and 16, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in the vicinity who were two years old or under in accordance to the time that he learned from the Magi. Today we are the same way. We might start out serving the devil, but once we have a personal encounter with Jesus, then we are forever changed. Based on the King Herod, what he did to the boys of Bethlehem, the wise men most likely had visited Jesus when he was one or two years old, which means that Joseph, Mary, and Jesus had taken up residence in Bethlehem. The enemy has tried to destroy the bloodline of Adam and Eve all the way down through Noah to Jesus. This is supported by the fact that they returned to Israel from Egypt. They initially intended to live in Judea, where Bethlehem is located. In eight days, according to the Mosaic custom, Jesus was taken to the temple to be circumcised and given his name. Then 40 days after his birth, he was taken to the temple and dedicated to God in obedience to Leviticus 12, 4, and 5. And we have stories that we've posted about his dedication 
and what joy it brought to people. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Buzzsprout. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new market or a channel, may I suggest that you share your thoughts and your ideas with the world. And it's just so fun to have a talk show Podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Within minutes of finishing each recording, Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And a team that they have at Buzzsprout is passionate in helping you succeed. They want you to succeed. Join with over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's go ahead and create something together. God bless you.